I'm not even a coffee drinker. You are now. I like that we're recording at 4.30 a.m. just to make this work. I know. It's exhausting. The birds are chirping. They Someone's are. outside weed eating. That's weird. <laughs> that is so odd. I didn't know you could have a headlight on a weed eater. Weed eater is actually a brand name. I think we should probably say trimming. It's kind of like Kleenex. I want a Kleenex. I want like a Band-Aid. I want a Band-Aid. Xerox. Yeah, man, that's incredible marketing right there. Yeah, it's brilliant. What if someone wants to have a thoughtful conversation and they're like, hey, let's go. You'll die trying. My name is Jonathan. I'm Nathan. And we are going to you'll die trying right here in front of you. Really, that was quirky and creative and cute. All in the news right now, celebrities. On my Instagram feed, I don't know what happened. I probably had had like a glass of champagne and started following entertainment news sites for Instagram, <laughs> thinking I was going to get some good information. But as I thumb through Instagram at pre-5 a.m. because I'm waking up and I can't go back to sleep, I'm looking at all these stories and it's all about celebrities and I'm literally asking myself, who the f*** cares? I know. I mean, really, who cares? Casey Neistat just released like a 14-minute video talking of his addiction to social media and then he goes into this elaborate detail. Did you see that video? Yeah. It was very cool and he was like some brilliant-minded man or woman or sat at Instagram and they created the algorithm to make your brain wired to want to open that app and just keep thumbing. Yeah. I don't know. Why do we care? Well, first of all, a word about social media, phone and other mobile devices and addiction. Like it's a thing. Yeah. It's It's a a real real thing. thing. People can literally are so in tune with their device that they cannot have it on them and know that it's going off. People who don't have their devices feel phantom vibrations in their pockets because they're so used to feeling it. Which, by the way, my phone doesn't vibrate. Mine does. I don't want to hear that. Like that defeats the whole silent thing. (laughs) It's kind of true. So anyway, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a thing, especially for the teenage brain. Sugar, drugs, alcohol, sexuality, gambling, social media, they all hit on the same receptors in the brain and create addictive-like tendencies. And it, it, I mean, that's a legitimate scientific finding. You ready to watch me delete one of my social media apps that causes a lot of, uh, doesn't cause any problem. It just, I'm on it and I don't need to be all the time. Which one? Twitter. You see me? <gasps> Deleting see, Twitter. See him shaking? Yep. Delete. Nathan just deleted the Twitter yep. app from yep. his phone, which means if you reinstall it, you just have to re-log in. I don't care. You're done. Uh, I'm not done with tweeting, but I'm going to do it on a desktop. And I, who, how, how many people have a desktop computer? Like seven? I think there's seven people. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Inter- internationally. Correct. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, okay. So you just saw it right here. First thing, first view for, I don't know. What. Or 37 in the morning. It's, Nathan just deleted Twitter. Yep. So, okay. I want to ask you, why do you believe that we care what... Uh, 
a celebrity's doing? What Adam Sandler or... Why did you say Adam Sandler? Did, was he on a, an... I don't know why I said it. <laughs> I don't have to know why. My brain does things. What about uh, Hugh Jackman? <sighs> okay, uh, now we're like back to... Barbara Streisand, Charlize Theron. Why do we care what these people think? Gary Busey. <laughs> Dick the, Van Dyke. The Fonz. <laughs> yes. Jerry Lewis. Why do we uh, care what these people think? Why are they uh, holding signs and coming in front of cameras and saying, this is what needs to happen. This is what needs to happen. And there are people this are listening. And people are like, yeah, I agree because that celebrity, that person who happens to be good at a very small thing, maybe playing a particular role, because let's be honest, most actors have a shtick that they do, right? Mm -hmm. They're great at it, but they play the same shtick. Anthony Hopkins, same shtick. Um, who's the guy from uh, one? No, uh, Elvis Presley. <laughs> Jack Nicholson, same shtick. The, they're good at that, but because they're good at that, and millions of people will see them be good at that on screen, pretending to be something that they're not, which really they probably are. Why do I care? what they think about politics or religion or world issues or events. Did you know there's a website called cameo.com? You can go there and actually pay some A, B, C, D list celebrity X amount of dollars to send you like a 10 to 15 second video. So Lance Bass charges a hundred bucks. Go to cameo.com. If you love Lance Bass, he'll Who's literally- Lance Bass? He's from NSYNC, duh. Oh, the tall one with the dark hair? No, the, the blonde headed guy. <clears throat> that everyone says looks like Ellen DeGeneres and they joke about it together. Never heard of any of that stuff. Okay, well, anyway, if you go to cameo.com, my point is like people who are celebrities, they are playing that part. They, they It is a part of them. And my other life and world that was kind of, you know, I saw a little bit of that. I was doing it myself. They want the dollar dollar bills, y'all. I mean, that's what they're, they're driven by. And then we're driven by, by feeding, I don't, well, there's, there's a this, whole psychological... Let's go there. There's this recent scandal involving yes. uh, people who are paying to have their children admitted to various colleges and universities. And it's just... It's a laughing stock. And I'm going to write my next newspaper column on this thing. But Lori Laughlin is one of them from Full House. Full House. Aunt, Aunt Becky? Something. Yes. And Felicity Huffman is another one. Two actresses, right? Felicity Huffman looks like crap. She is... Um, she is, ah, my word, it's too early. My words are not coming to me. She is contrite. She has pled guilty. Lori Laughlin, on the other hand, smiling, signing autographs on her way into and out of various, you know, meetings with lawyers and judges. And she even said that she's just doing what she does. She's an actress. She's playing a part. So two things that I'd like to hear you uh, think out loud about, and I'll just sit here quietly. This is dangerous. One of them is, why do people put so much energy and attention and time and desire in celebrities and, and wanting to meet them, wanting to be like them, wanting to be around them, wanting to have their pictures taken with them, such that these people can't even go to a restaurant and be left alone? What A. B., why then do we like so much to see them fall? Why do we worship their celebrity but mock their humanity? We're bored sociopaths. Okay, done. Move. All right, next topic. <laughs> I believe 
bad people. There's actually some truth in that joke. Yeah. I'm not sure. kidding. I mean, we I are. I think you're kidding. We are bored. We, we love, you know, with Instagram, for instance, we love the filter. We love the, the, you know, I don't know. I mean, I was once standing beside a Bentley, so I took a picture next to it, you know, and I almost posted it on Instagram. But then that would have shown to the world that I have a Bentley, which in a weird way I wanted people to, th- you, yeah. you see where I'm, sa- where I'm going with that. My point, I guess I'm trying to make, is these people really do drive Bentleys and they kind of like that. These people really do. These people are miserable, by the way, <laughs> on that other end. They literally yeah. are living for that like and heart. And if you don't give them that heart, they will wither up. It is sad to hear of these, uh, you know, first of all, um, suicide of any kind is tragic. Yes. And, and to hear of these people who are quote unquote celebrities who cannot continue to live as a human being in the spotlight of an entire culture or cultures where they are not allowed to be a human being, where they have to continue to perform as some kind of demigod. You know, it's it's really sad. And I'm saying all this very delicately because it is like, it's not a laughing matter. It's actually very, very sad mm-hmm. because again, if I can speak personally, I experienced a small amount of it. Whenever someone is literally like fueling this, this ego in you, just constant, constant, that is what you become. That is your air that you begin to breathe. And whenever that e- they, they stop- goes fe- away. You literally are suffocating. You're, you have no identity whatsoever. Right. These people's identity are you. Yeah, uh, affirming them constantly. Yeah, so that's what I was. I think I think we like the idea of people a lot. We love that idea. Now, as far as watching them fall, and that that's just very odd to me. I think people have always loved a train wreck, and so they, you know, you can't look away when a train hits something. Mm-hmm. You can't look away whenever someone messes up. Whenever you know people are walking to their attorney's office, and there's cameras everywhere, and they want to see what happens next, and it's all the rage. Like literally, it's that's humiliating as a country that that is filling our our airwaves. And have you watched Nightly News with Lester Holt? They they give a segment of about a minute to two minute for like a a positive story at the very very end. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the big bulk of everything is. It's just the sad tragedy just the of sad tragedy. what it means to be us. Yeah, that's very weird to me. I didn't answer that question. I just literally did a really good job of dancing around it. But there you go. That's my <laughs> thoughts right now. Yeah, I, I just, well, and it's not just celebrity that people Mm-mm. enjoy watching fall. Anyone. We, as, as people, and, and maybe I don't think that this is an American problem, but I can only speak about it as an American, that we, someone's doing woodwork at 4.50 in the morning. It's pretty, pretty amazing, really. So we uh, are not good at being happy when other people are happy. We're not good at enjoying and sharing in the success of other people. We, we tend to want people not to do well. When we hear that somebody lost their job, we're like, oh, they lost their job. If that were to happen to us, we'd be mortified. We'd be so sad, so scared, terrified. And all we would want is some support. That's really sad. That actually is a very true thing. People are people are happy when people lose their jobs. People are happy when other people are sad, and it's I think a function of our obviously our own um, fear, our own insecurities, our our lack of compassion. I mean, I think it's because we don't feel very good about ourselves, and so we want other people to not feel good about themselves too. I mean, at the end of the day, as the priest said, we're all third graders in grown up bodies. We've never really evolved or matured beyond 
trying to protect ourselves from everyone else. And so when we hear someone has a successful story, some of us will feel threatened by that. And we will want that to not be true because it wasn't true for us. As opposed to, that's fantastic that you're going to, you know, you've been appointed by the governor to serve as the right hand, you know, man or woman in that position. It's fantastic that you just got that high six figure position with that software company. Like, that's awesome. Good for you. Good for you on getting the, you know, building the house of your dreams or whatever. No, it's, we might say that with our words, but then we'll go around in our small little community and we'll talk about them and we'll make ourselves feel better, we think, when ultimately what we're doing is we're, we are our own flesh-eating bacteria. We are killing ourselves and community. How does that make you feel, for those of you listening, to know that you may have been a contributing factor to negativity? Yes. Well, you not may, you probably, I mean, we all, we all have. have. Absolutely, we all have. We all have. Yeah. I try to check myself on the regular. I think in closed, okay, I, and this we can kind of elaborate on this. I think in our safe circles, like mm-hmm. I consider you and me in a safe circle with mm-hmm. one another. When the microphone's not off, we do have intimate conversations that you know we're very honest with one another. However, they stay within a room that we're in, and they don't. We don't go out in the community and bash and yes. throw rocks and stones and watch people fall off a pedestal and laugh about it. Exactly, because I think that's that is um, just. That's just wrong. I mean, I was trying to think of like this elegant word. It's just wrong. Yeah, well, and I do think, considering the fact that this episode will first air in in Holy Week, I do think that it's interesting to see how people of faith have done this with their faith. So there's this notion of the Christ of faith and the Jesus of history, meaning there that for people of, of faith, there is the person, the actual historical person of Jesus who lived in history, and then there's the one who has become the Christ theologically, right? And, and I think at our best, we combine those two, but oftentimes we don't. And I think it, the reason being, we have no problem ascribing divinity to Jesus. It is not a problem for us to say Jesus was the Son of God. He was God's, uh, God's flesh on earth come among us to bring you know, grace and peace. And what we have a problem with is not Jesus' divinity, we have a problem with Jesus as humanity. We don't like to think about whether Jesus was married. We don't like to think whether Jesus had a child. We don't like to think whether Jesus had a sailor mouth, you know, when he stubbed his toe. We don't like the fact that Jesus may have struggled with his identity and his vocation and his calling. And we don't like it because we don't like it about ourselves. We have a hard enough time being human. Please don't ask my Savior to be human too. Wow. That is... It's profound there. I mean, and I think in part, that's why we struggle with celebrity when they stop being celebrities and they start being human because we're human and we know how much that sucks. And so please don't let my idol be human too. I need them to stay up there just out of reach. But an idol, a celebrity, or Jesus himself, when he comes close, becomes vulnerable and says, hey, I'm one of you. We're like, whoa, whoa, too much. And no, thank you. Right. And so we laugh and spit and mock and crucify and unfriend. (laughs) Unlike. That's unfriending Jesus. So what are some things that we can um, begin to to do um, to ourselves with ourselves? I mean, we can delete the apps all day long. We can... Yeah. I think that we should really be focused on our, our, us. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
and in that sense to do so in a functional and productive way because most of us are focused on ourselves in a kind of a narcissistic self-absorbed way meaning we're not really challenging or pushing ourselves to be better we're just like all about needs meeting like i need this i want this now i need this now i want this so i'm going to do whatever i have to to whomever i have to to get what i need what i want that's not self focus that's self absorption narcissism the self focus i hear you talking about is what do i need to be grateful for what do i need to be aware of what in my own life is cancerous what do i need to extract and fix retool work on rethink adjust in my personality in my profile in who i am what about me is in need of transformation hmm. that's the self focus i think i hear you asking for well you, you yeah you can say that i was saying that <laughs> yeah that's what i heard <laughs> thank you thank you i i don't think there's anything wrong i really don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying taylor swift's albums and no albums her eight tracks and I don't think there's anything wrong with watching uh, Kathy Griffin retire from Today Show. And mm-hmm. I just, I think that we need to be more tender with the fact that them and others in our community are people and be be kind to to that. Yeah. Be kind. You know, when you ask a thoughtful person who has some Uh, notice, uh, I'll use the word celebrity, someone who a lot of people know. Mm -hmm. When you ask them, you know, what do I need to do to be like you? A thoughtful person in that stature would say, you've got to be the best version of yourself. When people ask the Dalai Lama, how do I become a Buddhist? He'll say, well, what are you? And they'll say, well, I'm Christian. And he'll say, being a Buddhist means being the best Christian that you can be. So I think we have to work on figuring out what the best version of ourselves would look like, setting that as our bar, and then creating a plan to get from where we are to there. Not perfect, not without blemish, not without mistake, but to strive for that more excellent way where we become the best version of ourselves. And I know that that language is being overused a lot because of Joel Osteen and live your best life now. And if I have an allergy to anything in the world, it's an allergy to Joel Osteen. But there is something to be said about that language. You know, there is there is a version of myself out there that is possible that when I fail to pay attention, I miss that mark. But when I'm intentional and I have accountability with friends and spouse and others in my life, I can become a better version of myself. And I think at the end of the day, that's the purpose. That's the goal. I missed a spot shaving. Knock me off my pedestal and watch me fall. Yeah. You hear that? Yeah. You're welcome, Dr. Carroll. <laughs> Do you like that segue? Did you enjoy the segue? You know, I'd, I've, no. I didn't enjoy that. Well, I want to tell you something that uh, Brent, our lovely producer, this is really cool. Brent and I over, uh, uh, I don't remember which bourbon drink it was in the middle of the night whenever his last visit with us, we were having a conversation in regards to the funeral profession and how this is very much social media driven, how we love the idea of being living forever, right? And obviously we're not going to. He was like, there has to be a market for um, a, and I don't know why 
and I quote, I don't know why Facebook hasn't uh, grabbed onto this idea of a tribute page for someone who's passed away. And I'm like, man, that's really awesome. And he's like, and he's saying it so elegantly and, you know, me and my words, and especially after a couple of drinks, I'm like, yeah, potatoes. He is talking about how people, there's, there's a market for, for this site in, on the website somewhere where you can literally update someone on their anniversary, photos, like continuously update and feed someone's memorial page wow. of some sort. So I was like, man, that's awesome. And he's talking about this for like 20, 30 minutes, and it's really cool. I was listening to him. And this was, I don't know how long ago was he here, a month or two ago? Yeah, two months ago. Yesterday. Facebook rolls out more features for dead people, wired.com. Facebook was designed for the living, but as the social network grew older, it also needed to decide what should happen when users die. So in other words, the company announced Tuesday that it will give the legacy contact more control over the deceased's presence on Facebook. So when someone dies, you essentially are going to be able to memorialize them, turn their page into a memorial page. So you can designate, you, Dr. Carroll, can designate joy. Mm -hmm. And so the, the information will remain private. So for instance, messages that you've, that you've sent or received, joy would not have access to those, not that it would matter. But my point is that she would still be able to have memorial access, be able to post pictures and other things to memorialize you forever and ever. Mm -hmm. So in other words, I'm just complimenting the fact that Brent's mind is that ridiculous that he saw that and Facebook was probably listening to our conversation anyway and like flagged it as something legit and they did it. Wow. What if that happens actually in real, it's got to. It definitely happens. I was talking one day about kitty litter to see and the next thing I know all my ads were kitty litter. Now I'm going to, now kitty litter because my phone heard you is probably going to appear in my feed too. Although my phone is currently enjoying a certain marketing campaign about privacy. I don't know if you've seen the ads for iPhone 10 privacy and we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh let's go there. I'm getting a ton of getroman.com for erectile dysfunction right now. I've never talked about that. One of my favorite things to do is to sign people up for things. Have you done that? Did you do that to me? No. Okay, because I literally every one of my ads, I was talking to the Wonder Boys about it. I was like, why am I doing getting getroman.com? They're running like TV campaigns and a bunch of social media blitz. Yeah. And it's all over the place. But it is a fun little thing to do is to sign up a friend with their email address. That's something that Joey and I kind of do whenever we go shopping. So, could you like to enter an email address? Why, yes, I would. <laughs> it's awful. Do you know my email addresses off the top of your head? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I, I'm constantly unsubscribing to things. Yeah, so me too, but it doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't. They keep coming in. They yeah. keep coming in. Well, I, I, I don't well think done, we should... Well done, Brent. Well done. Yeah, Bring your next business idea to me in private. We'll get that done. I don't think we should record an episode at 6 in the morning, 5.30 in the morning, because I can't talk. My words are gone. Like, I cannot come up. My vocabulary is severely compromised. <laughs> Things, celebrities, like buttons, <laughs> coffee. <laughs> I am grateful for uh, episode 61 uh, on this, uh, what is I don't going to be Holy Tuesday when it releases. Oh, yeah. I don't even know who I am right now. I'm Nathan Morris. I'm Dr. Carroll. This is You'll Die Trying. I hope you'll visit us at uh, youldietrying.com or email us at youldietryingpodcast at gmail.com. Or facebook.com forward slash you'll die trying. Give a five-star review. Give us a thumbs up. Tell a friend. Tell a foe. And we'll see you next time. On episode 62.